Welcome to Fielding Questions, a podcast produced in collaboration between Ag Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network that explores the world of farm finance and rural life. I'm Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, and I'm joined by Katie Tangen, Market Education Specialist with Ag Country. And Katie, it's been a, a, another wild ride in the marketplace as of late. It's uh, something we don't usually talk about, uh, things like oats and, and spring wheat leading the charge here. Uh, what's uh, what's happening in this market? You're right. It's not something we typically talk about, you know, oats. Um, oats certainly have had more activity. Um, the futures contract, uh, $7.60. Cash market's not, not quite that strong, but we are seeing, you know, it, much better small grain prices than what we have in, in quite some time. A lot of that has to do with, of course, the growing season we had last summer and the fact that it wasn't just in the Dakotas. Um, you know, the major, a lot of those major small grains also go up into Canadian prairies and they had the same kind of weather systems that we did. Spring wheat, we've known for quite a while it was going to have a poor yield. That continues to be the case. But when you look at the entire wheat complex, we have, you know, the smallest bushels anyway left over that we've had since, I think, uh, 2007. Now, everyone hears that and they go right to $20 wheat. There are some differences here, and I think some very important differences. For one thing, the stocks-to-use ratio is higher than it was then. And, you know, I just said the stocks, yeah, the sheer bushels are as low as they've been. But we also use less than we did at that time, too, so... We're sitting better as a percent stocks to use than we were at that time. The other part is um, for that year worldwide, we had more wheat issues than we do right now. Uh, you know, Canada had an issue, Australia had an issue, uh, I believe Russia had an issue. So there's a lot of things that lined up that aren't common and that we're not necessarily seeing right now. That all said, there's still a lot of support under the sweet market like it was and that that tells us that the grain is coming in better than it was um and, you know we have to keep an eye on those things the spreads are also not inverting as much as they were that part is slowed down as well so we might be finding some kind of equilibrium you know i'm certainly not going to say the market is going to fall apart but it does seem like we've leveled off um probably continue to look at that when you look ahead to the 22 crop we are not at these, you know, the $10 levels. We're still very respectable at 872. We closed that today or right around there. Um, so it might be worth taking a look at selling some production for 2022, depending, you know, if you have your fertilizer taken care of and some things like that. Cause we, we need to be very conscious of that when we have the fertilizer prices we do that we're balancing everything off. If we're, if we're buying fertilizer, we need to make some sales. If we're not buying fertilizer, we need to maybe not sell as much. So um, we're headed in the right direction. I think that is probably going to continue um, to be at least supported through the end of the year. You know, once we get into next year's growing season or a little bit closer, get winter wheat coming out, things like that, we'll have a better idea where we go after that. But fundamentally, there is some support for wheat. Once you go over about, um, you know, 11, I think it's 1119. Um, and then there's a 13-something, I can't remember off the top of my head, but mid-13s. Between that and the $20 level, there's not a whole lot for chart readers to go off of. So those are the, the two numbers I'd kind of keep in, you know, in the back of your head. It's not be-all, end-all, but just kind of keep an eye out for those. 
Uh, and then obviously, you know, then we have to start looking at the major grains like corn and soybeans, which have their own fundamentals right now. Obviously, we're on the, um, at least the end is in sight for the corn and soybean harvest. What kind of strategy do we take for that, uh, for corn and soybeans as we go into this uh, marketing, end of this marketing year? You know, I think there's <laughs> there's some interesting things, especially in corn. Um, the yields probably better here than what some people may have thought. Um, and then certainly once you get into Iowa, Illinois, they had some very good yields. That said, we're also seeing basis levels that have tightened, you know, way above what we would have expected for this time of year, not necessarily just in the Dakotas. So that does indicate we have a fair amount of demand. High crude oil prices have, uh, you know, allowed ethanol to have some better margins. That's not all of it, though, because if it was just ethanol, prices would come back, um, you know, a little bit. So there is some, some real good demand. That market has a little bit of carry, but certainly not a lot probably not enough to pay to keeping it all the way to next um, July. So I would expect that we're going to continue to see some more of the basis work in the you know very short-term months. Um, but keep in mind, you know, if you're putting it in a bin, there are costs attached to that. So you're, you're basically betting that the market will go up, and it is just speculation because you don't have that, that safety net underneath. It can go down as, as quick as it goes up. Has farmer selling, I'm sorry, has farmer selling increased with uh, with these basis opportunities? You want to say yes, but the way the basis acts, it's kind of telling us no. Um, at least around here, I, I think there has been some sales. Harvest has maybe been a little bit slow as well because of the, the rain, and we don't have a lot carried over from the year before. So it's trickled in um, probably as fast as it could be. But I don't think we've seen overwhelming sales by any any means. Um, once we get through harvest, and, and like you said, we're wrapping that up, um, see how well it it kind of flows out after that. The crop is in it's in good condition; it'll store okay. I just don't, you know, once you get up to these price levels, if you're looking at you know five fifty corn off the combine, it's really hard to say no <laughs> in a lot of cases, especially when the carry is not there. So, I think we are seeing sales. Is the basis going to stay this supported? You know, we should be at our worst basis levels, but I don't, I don't know. You know, in a normal year, we might see twenty cent appreciation coming out of harvest. You know, as we get into winter, and that very well may not be the case this time. We may just stay more steady than rally. Katie, you look at some parts of the country, and and their crop rotation is corn, soybeans. I mean, that's it. We've got a lot of choices in. Uh, this part of the world, how important are some of the states like uh, North Dakota or Northwest Minnesota going to be when we start looking at acreage uh, nationally for 2022? Yeah, they're always kind of the wild card, um, both the Dakotas, uh, but you're right, specifically North Dakota, we have so many more options. Um, a lot of those specialty crops kind of got caught too with, with lower prices. It's kind of like, do we really want to mess with specialties if we're not making a lot of money on them? Um, so we have flowers, obviously, and like, you know, $30 flowers that attracts quite a bit of attention, especially when the fertilizer costs are the way they are. So I, I do see some makers, you know, switching back out to specialties. How does that affect, you know, the corn and soybean balance sheet? They can both, um, soybeans could probably take a little bit more of a, a hit, if you want to call it that, but we could leak some out of soybeans and still be okay. 
corn might be jumpier about that. And the market's telling us that they're pushing corn acres more than soybeans um, because of the fertilizer price. But we have a long ways to go until we get to, you know, February. You know, we're seeing so many concerns with the uh, supply chain and, and there's product shortages out there. You talk about what's going on with the fertilizer, the input costs. Uh, um, how do we make sure that we're taking care of that, but also uh, offsetting it and protecting ourselves in the marketplace? Uh, you know, possession is really the the big thing, and it that gets to be a double-edged sword because then everybody rushes out to get stuff, and we get even shorter on it. So, But if you have it in your possession, at least you know how much you paid for it, and you know you'll get it. That's not going to be possible in all cases. So I think for fertilizer, it is very, very important that we buy it and have the offsetting sale because we're still working on a margin. You can make money on corn at these levels. Maybe not as much as you would have made if fertilizer would have been cheaper, but corn is still making money. Beans are still making money, not as much as corn, even at these levels. So I think you just have to be careful to be matching up your your sales of corn on one side with your purchases of fertilizer or wheat, you know, as the case may be. Um, and then when you get to the chemicals, and you know, that gets to be a, a bigger question of can I get them in time, and that you'll have to take up with your um, agronomists, see what they think are the best plans, you know, seed traits, how you're going to balance those things out. Um, but planning ahead is really going to be the key in this situation and doing as much ahead of time as you can. Well, it continues to be a wild ride in this market. Uh, any final thoughts for us, Katie? You know, I, I think we kind of covered a lot of it. It's just, um, it's, it, it comes down to management and it always has. Once you have things planned out, we maybe don't have the flexibility that we've had other years in you know, switching between trades or switching crops from this field to that field. And if the market feels like it's short, we are going to get some more you know, volatile peaks. But we really have to keep in mind, what is our profitability goal here? How can we protect that and then go forward from that? Um, make sure you have those um, goalposts in mind and then just keep going on to the next bit of business. Good deal. Katie Tangen with us, market education specialist with Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Remember, if you have a question about a financial topic, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can send Ag Country a message through Facebook. You can go to Twitter. You can submit your question using the website agcountry.com. For fielding questions, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network.